0: Well, today, the, the subject matter today is the part of prayer which is unanswered prayer. And, um, and that's a rough one, isn't it? I, um, I drew the short straw on that one. It's a lot more fun to uh, talk about answered prayer, to be honest. Um, but in the light of the testimony, you know, it's as, as Paul and Nathan are walking through an ongoing unanswered prayer but continuing to press in, nobody here has, I think, an experience of not having some form of unanswered prayer. It's probably happening right now in your life. You're probably walking through that, right? I mean, there's, there's people that we're continuing to pray for, that we're continuing. There's situations we're continuing to pray for. And, um, and so, you know, let me, uh, let me read a quote here. If we, if we don't deal with that part, um, we're going to stop praying at least as often. Amen? There's a great quote from this book, that uh, Pete Gregg's book that we're reading through. And it says this, we're never going to be able to move forward in faith until we know it's okay to admit our disappointments so our doubts can be addressed. We we have to be able to have that as a part of our relationship with the Lord and and walking through this life. Um, (laughs) I, I think... Well, let me start with the scripture here, and, and I want us to engage from that place of just that the Lord understands exactly what we're going through, and he's here to help us while we go through it. Because the goal here, I'm going to tell you the end at the beginning, the goal here is that we continue to stay with God, and we continue to keep talking to him. So in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8, Jesus is talking about this very thing. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. How many of you guys know exactly how that feels, right? It's like you're in the midst of an injustice, whether it's the enemy, whether it's a situation, Whether it's a dictator that you're like, this is not, this isn't right. And so she kept coming to the judge. Do we have those scriptures? I think I gave you that. Give me justice against my adversary. And for a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice. And so she won't beat me down by her continual coming. Great story, huh? And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And then he says, And will not God give his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? Will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? What a a juxtaposition there, right? He's saying, listen, if this unrighteous judge, just so he can stop being annoyed by the persistence of this woman who keeps coming to him, is going to give justice just to say, like, stop bugging me. I don't care about God, and I don't care about man. I'm not scared of anything. I got all the power, but you are annoying me enough that I'm going to just give you justice for my own selfish needs. And he goes, now, if that guy is going to do that because of persistence, how much more will your father who loves you give you justice? Won't he give you justice? If this wicked person will do it for selfish reasons because of perseverance, how much more will the God who loves you that you don't annoy hear your persistence? And he goes, but, but will I find faith when I come? When I come back, will you still be praying persistently that I would bring justice to that situation? And that, and by the way, justice that applies to every situation. You know, this this that, that applies to every situation, whether it's sickness, whether it's broken relationships, whatever it is, that the that the that the love of God would come and that justice would be restored in that situation. Amen? But will I find faith? Will you still be asking when I come? Even though I've said that. You know, I was thinking about that word speedily. And uh, raise your hand if you're over 40. Right? It goes fast, doesn't it? How many of you guys are like, yeah, this life is like... Are you with me? I mean, it goes fast. Now, how many of you don't have to raise your hand, but everybody else that's even over that... It goes even faster, doesn't it? Red Crab, who doesn't mind sharing with us about the times when he used to walk with George Washington when we were founding the nation, <laughs> he said, he said that, he said, you know, life is a lot like. Have you guys ever watched them like spool wire onto the onto the power lines? Have you ever seen that? And they've got those big, huge, round spools, and when it's first coming off that, things just barely moving right? But it gets down to where there's only a little wire left, and that thing is just humming. Has anybody ever seen that? So the least wire that's left on the spool, the more that thing is just zipping. Now, how many of you guys know what I'm talking about? You don't have to raise your hands, because we can see you because you have beautiful white hair, and we are just glad to have these last few moments together. Why is that bad? Do you guys even believe in Jesus? Okay. Come on now. <laughs> okay, I can see how you took that the wrong way. But that's not how I meant it. That's not how I meant it. Jeez. We're talking about Jesus coming speedily. The bottom line is this life goes very, very quickly. And I was, I was contemplating this morning about continuing to knock, continuing to say, God, give me justice, give me justice. Jesus... I'm sorry, the father prophesied to Adam and Eve in the the garden right after they had eaten the fruit, after Satan deceived us and took authority away from Adam and Eve. And in that moment, he said to the snake, she's going to crush your head. She is going to, her seed is going to crush your head. I'm bringing redemption. And I'm telling you right now, Satan, that the Christ is going to come. Now, he had no idea how it was all going to work. But he said, Eve's, you, you may have deceived Eve today. But very soon, her seed will crush your head. And from that day forward, Satan has specifically oppressed women. I don't know if you guys noticed. And for thousands of years, women were considered property. If a woman witnessed a crime, her testimony did not count in a court of law because she's just a woman. Where do you think that's coming from? Until 1920... Women couldn't vote, right? Women's suffrage. How many of you guys are glad that women can vote? How many of you are glad that we don't consider women property anymore? How many of you are glad that we are seeing God's daughters restored to the honor and the place that they were called to be in? Amen? So, let me ask you this. As... My great-great-great-great-great-grandma And your great, 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 great grandma too was praying, Lord, will you let your kingdom come and your will be done that women wouldn't be considered just property, that women wouldn't be considered lesser, they wouldn't be considered dumber, they wouldn't be considered all these things that Satan deceived us into believing about women. And God, would you give them not only that, but would you give them the ability to vote? God, I pray, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. And how many of you know that there was woman after woman after woman after woman that prayed that and went to the grave having not yet received the answer to that prayer. But how many of you know that that persistent prayer brought about the answer that now, probably very soon, we'll get to have a woman president, which is going to be phenomenal. We're kind of late on that one. Other nations have got great prime ministers. We haven't got there yet. Are you guys with me? Now, how many of you think it was a good idea that our great-great-great-grandmas, and grandpas, by the way, too, Right? Weren't, we weren't all trying to keep everybody down We did this together But I'm, I'm focusing on these prayers of our great, great, great grandmas How many of you think That they don't look upon the answer to that prayer now Knowing that they prayed for the short life they had And though they didn't see it That they're rejoicing presently To see their great, great, great granddaughters Living in the honor And the respect and the glory And the power of what God intended all along And that justice has come Amen. Are you with me? But will I find faith when I come? And see, this is where, first of all, we do have to understand there's a context of what speedily means. How many of you guys know that those suddenly miracles, they tend to happen after like years of praying? Has anybody else noticed this? You know? So, so that continued um, knocking and asking is, is so important, but, the, but, but we have to understand the context so we can keep knocking. Are you guys with me? So I want to share a couple of and, and part of that means that we have to talk about this part because we 've all had in our hearts broken over aspects of unanswered prayer, and it makes it really, really difficult. I, when I was a kid, my, my aunt um, had her second son, his, his name was Andrew, and he was born with cerebral palsy, and um, we didn 't know that right away, but very quickly it, it became clear that he had cerebral palsy and. Growing up, my mom, uh, we used to gather in the, in the mornings, we'd all circle up, we were homeschooled from a young age, and then later we, when we began to go to school, we still did this before we went to school, and it was morning prayer. And so we would gather up morning prayer, sing a couple of songs, and then you would pray. And every day from the time that Andrew was born, we would pray, Autumn, am I telling the truth, Lord, and we pray that you would heal Andrew, that you would touch Andrew and that you would heal him, God. So from the time he was born, well, it wasn't the moment he was born because we didn't find out until maybe he was like 18 months or something. So, but from the time we found out, so at least almost 17 years, we prayed that God would heal Andrew. And after I moved out, I continued to pray that with my wife. God, we pray that you would touch Andrew, that you would heal him. And he died at 18 years old. And, and yes, he is whole and he is with the Lord. But I wasn't praying that he would be healed and whole with the Lord. I was praying that he would be healed and whole with his mama and his brother Chris and his dad. Are you guys with me? That was an unanswered prayer. And, and that, was, that was hard. That was a hard thing. But, you know, and it is amazing. I mean, Nathan mentioned, you know, the Lord glorifying himself in the midst of our weaknesses. And, and Paul said the same. And it, and it is true. I mean, it was an extraordinary testimony as we went to his funeral. And there were hundreds of people there. Man, I cried so bad there. I cried so bad at that funeral. We all did. But man, you want to know something was wild about that? He didn't heal him. He didn't heal him. He didn't answer that particular prayer. But the way that Aunt Christie and Uncle Charlie and Chris loved on him and the, the presence of God that was in that home, it was so amazing. The guy that delivers oxygen came to his memorial. Three doctors came to his memorial, and they all said, I I've never seen something like this before. Doctors don't go to their patients' memorials very often, I'll tell you that. I mean, one, it would just be heart-shattering for them. So it's a big deal, I mean, I get it. But they were there, and they were saying, the, the presence of God, people that don't even believe in God came and said, I can't tell you what it was like, but when you go in that house, there's something special going on. So God was glorified in the midst of it. But that also doesn't get him off the hook, that he didn't answer that prayer. I'm not mad at him, I'm just saying... It didn't it didn't go that way. How many of you guys have those kinds of, of situations? And, and it's and we have to we have to really take this head on because we, we need to be able to process this as we walk through this life because the worst thing that can happen is that we stop knocking and we stop asking. I was actually, I was thinking about, wouldn't it be am I talking too fast? Good. me have a little more of this then. It would almost be easier if there were no miracles. On some level, intellectually, intellectually, my heart's like, oh, shut up. But my mind's like, no, that would be easier. I could wrap my mind around that. It's just like, hey, there's no miracles. Just buck up, buttercup, get the peace you need, drive through, persevere, you know, eat, drink, be married, tomorrow we die. It's no special, no special treatment. But we don't, we don't have that. We actually have many miracles, And many answered prayers. And they both exist at the same time. But other than that, it's super easy. (laughs) My Aunt Patty died of cancer. My wife's Aunt Patty. Man, we prayed. Oh, golly. I really wanted the Lord to show my kids the God of healing. Show my kids. In this situation, I've seen you heal other things. Do it in this one. Red and Kenny prayed for a 10-year-old boy with cancer in his thigh. It was bone marrow cancer. And the Lord touched him and healed him. And as far as I know, he's still alive today, right? Lord, do that again. Do that for my Aunt Patty. <laughs> Over my wife. that's not what happened how many of you guys know what i'm talking about you know so so how do i how do i walk that out and i think i think there's two things i want to do today i want to speak i want to speak to our minds because we need to understand what we can because god hey thanks man you're the best because god is brilliant and what he's doing makes incredible sense on levels actually that this finite mind can't fully lay hold of until we see it but on other levels that He's made so that I can lay hold of it. So we do need to understand. He wants us to understand so we can love him with our whole mind, but also our whole heart. And so I want to speak to our hearts and our minds at the same time. You know, one of the things that I like this quote from C.S. Lewis, and for those of you that are reading through this, this book that we're using as an outline, here's this quote, and you'll see it in there as well, but it says that God can and does on occasion modify the behavior of matter, and produce what we call miracles is part of Christian faith. However, the very conception of a common and therefore stable world demands that these occasions should be extremely rare. In other words, if every bride gets a sunny wedding, then every farmer prays for rain in vain. You see what I'm saying? So we, as we're walking through this, we, we, we need to speak to or we need to reason with our minds and understand the world that we're in. And so I'm gonna use this, I just wanna read this to you. I jotted down some thoughts about this and we need to understand the, the, the world that we're in. And so uh, I like the way that Pete Gregg summarized it. We need to understand God's world, God's war, and God's will. And let me just read this to you. God has established this is not Pete Gregg speaking, but these are some ideas, and I liked his outline, so this is me speaking. Now I'm gonna read and stop announcing what I'm gonna do before I do it. Nope, still doing it. <laughs> God has established laws and principles that make the world go round. The world would be a wreck if every time we prayed for our will to be done, then he answered yes to everyone's prayer. It, it reminds me of the movie Bruce Almighty. Isn't anybody here seen Bruce Almighty? It's on Netflix right now. You should go back and watch it, it be your homework. I don't endorse it. It's naughty. All right. But Bruce is so upset with God, and he tells him, God, you're doing a lousy job, essentially. So in the movie, God allows Bruce to do God's job for a time. And the only rule is he cannot violate anyone's free will. Now, at a certain point, Bruce, acting as God, answers yes to everyone's prayers. And the next day, thousands and thousands of people all win the lottery, and in so doing, they all end up winning like two bucks, and everyone is upset. <laughs> it's a perfect picture, isn't it? You, you <laughs> so here's a, here's a quote from, from, uh, from, from Pete Gregg. God has intricately established certain governing principles that make the world work best for most people in most places most of the time. The majority of humanity does not experience devastating natural disasters, Most babies are born healthy. Fallen nature still contains more beauty than ugliness. And so God tends to not tinker with this extraordinary, delicate, complex, and effective rules every time we pray. Did you get that? The stability of where we live is a gift from the Lord. And so he's not just, okay, yes to everyone who's praying to win the lottery. You guys see... It's, it's, it's quite lovely in that, in that I want to speak to your mind right now. Just tell your heart, don't worry, baby, we'll get to you. But right now, let me speak to your mind. Okay. God's war. Jesus instructs us to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, because it's not a current reality. And without our prayers, it's not an immediate inevitability you guys get that? We have to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because not all of his will is being done on earth. God doesn't always get his way even though he's God. The evil in the earth is not God's will. Can you receive that? He desires that none should perish but that all would have eternal life. He desires that all would love him and love one another as much as he loves us. This is not the case, is it? Do we see that yet? No, we don't. But we pray, God, let your will be done. We have an enemy who goes about like a roaring lion seeking to devour those that he can. And he also comes to kill and steal and destroy. And though he ultimately cannot steal our eternal life, he is able to, at times, cut short our lives on earth, deceive us if we allow him, and wreak havoc for times and seasons while we live here on earth. His time is short, and God will eventually destroy him. But until then, we are at war. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers in high places. Our weapons of warfare are mighty for the tearing down of strongholds. And everything, I'm sorry, and every thought that lifts itself up against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We must not be naive and believe that this world does not have this element in it. It's not, not everything in this world is safe, guys. Not everything in this world is fair. But it is in this world that we have the opportunity to choose our God and to choose to love one another and to choose with that, to know him is eternal life. And we get to choose that here. Amen. Lastly is God's will. God is only going to answer prayers that are aligned with his will and purpose. He's not going to rain down fire from heaven on my enemies. He said he wanted to come to save the world, not destroy it. You guys remember the disciples, Lord, rain down, can we pray for fire to come down on these guys that just rejected you? He's like, guys, you don't know what spirit you're of. I came here to save the world, not destroy it. Nor is he necessarily going to make me rich simply because I really, really, really want him to. Lord, I will pay 20% tithe. Just make me filthy rich, you know, for your glory. <laughs> he's, he's not, he, he also will not violate the free will of someone and make them believe. How many of you guys have prayed that prayer? Why? Right? Just Lord, just make them believe. For their own sake, God, save them. He desires that all would be saved without coercion, bribe, or threat. He values our free choice to love him. He values that so much, guys. He wants us to choose him based solely on who he is and the merit of his character and love. He does have a plan for each of our lives. And it is working according to his wisdom, his character, and his will. He seeks to give all of us the chance to choose to receive his love. My limited perspective will not always understand things in the short term. There are questions that come up. Why this miracle and not that one? Why this prayer answered so quickly and this one still not answered? Or perhaps, why did you say yes to this prayer and no to that one? Will I find faith? I think that's a good grid for us to understand where we are. When we, when we don't understand God's world and his war and his will, I think it's easy then for the enemy to tip us over because essentially it's like, well, you just didn't have enough faith. That's all you need to know. Just, you just need to have more faith. And you're like, I don't know, man. I had just as much faith for this one as I did that one. And this one happened and that one didn't. Well, you're probably just not holding your mouth just right, or fasting long enough, or, you know, it puts everything on you and and you can get tipped over pretty quick because the enemy is more than happy to put everything on you, and then wreck you. Because now you're, you're, you're either a failure, or you're faithless, you're something. Well, that's not it, guys. That's not it. There's more at play. And so this at least gives us some handles, amen? Can you guys receive that? So, so, how do we do it then? How do we do this? How do we make sure that we keep asking in the face of unanswered prayer? Because I will say this there are things that won't be answered until He comes. If, if any of you have gone through restoration, uh, Doug Easterday does a great teaching on something he calls the shelf. This was a life changer for me, by the way, Doug, when I went through restoration, and, and, he, and, he, and he uses the example of his father who loved the Lord and was super faithful, and he died. He died young. young well, right? I mean, pretty young. Yeah, sorry. I'm not judging the age of your dad. We'll make up after service. <laughs> and, and Doug had to make a decision, Lord, why? And there was no answer that was satisfactory for how God was glorified in that situation. And so the decision that he made was this. He said, okay, Lord, based on what I do know about you, I know you're good. I have, I have evidence. This evidence that my dad's life was cut short and though we prayed, you didn't heal him, that looks pretty bad for you, God. But I have much more evidence that you're good way more evidence that you're good and it can and and so this one piece of evidence that seems to and the enemy certainly offering as proof that you might not be I have way too much evidence that you are so I'm not going to take this evidence as proof I'm just going to call it evidence and I'm going to put it on the shelf and say I choose to put this on a shelf let's call the shelf mystery and someday will you explain this to me but I'm not going to let this become the proof that you're no longer good, or the proof that I'm no longer going to pray. And for me, that was helpful. I'm a picture guy. So I'm like, man, I see that. I have one. It's it's getting a little bit bigger the older that I get, to be honest. But it doesn't cause me to trust God less. It causes me to trust him more because I just say, Lord, I don't understand that. But I'm going to put Andrew and what happened in his life. I'm going to put the story of Andrew on the shelf. I'm going to put the story of Aunt Patty on the shelf, I'm going to put the story of these divorces that happened even though I fasted and I prayed and I did everything that I could and I don't understand it but I'm going to put it on the shelf and someday you can tell me about them but that will not become proof that you don't answer prayer because I got way too much evidence of all the prayers you did answer and way too much evidence that Jesus Christ, my Savior, came and saved me and I have eternal life. So, Yeah, this sucks in the short term. But it's just not enough evidence to make me abandon how good you are and how faithful you are. And it's okay for us to grapple in that way. And I hope this gives you a a tool here to use. Do you guys got five more minutes in you? Because we can end right there. Should we vote? So the key thing that we need to do as we navigate this is to remember that God is with us in this conversation for the areas of unanswered prayer. We don't know if it's because of God's war. We don't know if it's because of God's will. We don't know if it's something that that perhaps... Um, is in the world. We we don't know. There really is going to be a certain amount of mystery. But in the middle of it, let's talk to our hearts now. Bring your heart to the Lord and say, I'm shattered over this thing. This broke my heart. This broke my heart. And and we can find. In fact, let's go in Mark 14. We can find comfort. It says that our Messiah suffered everything we suffered. And yet without sin, we have a priest who can empathize with our weaknesses. He understands us. He knows us. And he's actually experienced it. And so he can comfort us in our time of need. Amen? And one of those times of need is when God says no or wait or has silence on something while we're praying. They went to a place called Gethsemane. This is Jesus preparing to be crucified. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John. And he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch. In another one of the Gospels, it says that he began to sweat drops of blood. It's a, it's, a, it's a physical thing that happens to where you're under so much stress that the capillaries burst and blood comes out with your sweat. He's literally sweating blood because he's under such duress knowing what he's going into and knowing, God, I don't, I don't think I can do this. And so it says, he fell on the ground and going a little farther, he fell on the ground and he prayed if it were possible that the hour might pass from him, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. All things are possible for you. You literally created everything. Create a new scenario. Remove this cup from me. And then he says, yet not what I will, but what you will. Did you see this? Jesus is saying, I will something else, Father. Do something else in this situation. Make a new reality. All things are possible for you. And then he came and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. Did you catch that? He goes to the father. Father, please, please let this cup pass from me. Everything is possible for you. You could just change this. You could do it a different way. But... Not my will, but your will be done. Jesus can empathize with those situations in unanswered prayer where you and I are going, God, anything is possible for you. Just touch their mind and restore it. Open their eyes and restore them. Show them what's real, not what they believe right now. For God's sake, break that addiction. Save that person that I love. Give them a dream. Give them a talking donkey. You're God for crying out loud. but not my will, but yours be done. And when you're in that place, this is the part where, we, where he can find faith on earth. If you and I are still talking to God, then we still have faith. If I'm still going to him and saying, I'm actually mad at you right now. You, could, you healed everybody else's person. What about my person? You saved this kid. What about my kid? You you delivered that person from an addiction? What about my addiction? I don't understand this right now. I don't understand why right now. And he can handle it. And if you're still talking to him, you still have faith. How much more will your dad, who stinking loves you, knows everything about you. So let me just break it down, okay? When you and I are going through this, we're treating our heart. And here's what we're going through. When you're in the middle of an unanswered prayer... You're going through grief. You're going through grief. And so treat your heart the same way you would when you go through grief. How many of you guys know there's five stages of grief, right? You don't necessarily go through them in order, but generally you do. But mostly it's usually kind of cyclical. You kind of bounce around until you get to the last stage, which is acceptance. But the first one is usually denial. Your prayers start sounding like this. Lord, thank you for this day. I pray you bless all the people everywhere. Thank you for this food. Nurse, to- oh, I'm not even eating yet. Okay, anyway, whatever. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I got to go to work. Something's up with you. No, I'm fine. I love Jesus. I prayed my prayers. No, you're praying weird. It's kind of weird. You get a little robotic. Why? You're in denial. Your heart's broken. God, I just thank you that you worked this to good. I know that Aunt Patty's in glory now. Woo, Glory. He's like, what is happening with you right now? You don't feel that way. You just, I'm gonna stay on track. So then it's bargaining. Okay, well then Lord, work a miracle that makes this worth it, (laughs) right? The things we do. I don't wanna use too many examples. The next one is anger. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. You're the God who can do the impossible and apparently when it comes to my prayers in this area, you don't. And I'm upset with you. And I don't understand why you don't just fix this thing. And you know what, guys, he can take it. He can take it. And so you can say, Holy Spirit, help me to pray what's really going on in my heart. And then help me to pray some prayers that you actually have, but I can't skip this. So you just take it to him. He says, come, reason with me. Come and reason with me. Come and talk with me, I can handle it. I already know you're mad come be mad, I get it, and then depression, Lord, I'm pretty discouraged right now, I'm, I'm, this, this, this sucked, I lost this battle, we lost this battle, I don't know if it was your will, your world, or your war, but they're dead, and I'm still here, that marriage is dead, and it didn't go the way I hoped, that relationship, whatever it is, I don't want to use too many examples, because you all, your your heart knows its own pain, but you bring it to him and you go ahead and be real sad about it. And you talk with him about it. And then lastly, you say, okay, Lord, let your will be done. I'm not saying this was your will, but I'm saying let your will be done moving forward. Let your will be done. And you know, we, we talked last, we'll, we'll end with this. We spoke last week about that. We don't know what to pray guys. God is with us in our pain. He understands what it is to suffer loss. He understands what it is to have not his will done. He he understands the heartbreak. He understands the complexity. He understands even more than we understand. He he didn't just lose one Aunt Patty. He knows everybody's Aunt Patty. Are you with me? So he, he welcomes us to say, let me be with you in this moment. Keep talking to me about this. Let me be with you. Let me show you the way forward, and we continue to talk, and we continue to pray, and we continue to ask, and we continue to seek, and in one great day, he will restore all things, and along the way, we also see many miracles, amen? Can you guys receive that? All right, we've run just a touch long, but I want you to do this. Just turn to someone near you. We wrote those lists down. I want you to just tell them the name of the person that you're praying for. They're going to tell you the name of the person they're praying for, and I want you to pray for each other's person. Just tell them, here's their name, and here's what I'm praying, and then pray for each other's people, and then we're going to wrap it up. All right? Me and Sarah will do it up here. Can you mute me?